about. Um, there's so much to it, it's just impossible that we're gonna be able to get through every detail of what the tabernacle is and how it correlates to our lives today. But I'm going to do my best in what God has given me. But first of all, um, I want to go before God. I need his anointing. I want his presence to be in this place because this experience is going to be so pivotal to the growth of this church. It is going to be so powerful. The anointing that will fall on this church, if we just grab hold of what God wants us to have, then the anointing will be in this church. And when people walk in, they will be healed. They will be set free. Deliverance will be done in Jesus' name. So I ask you to pray for me right now for God's anointing because of my own, I can't do it. Thank you, God. Lord, I need you to anoint my mind, my lips, Father God. Use me, Father God, as you see fit, Father God. Lord, I sit and stand at your feet right now, Father God. Lord, I need your direction right now, Father God. Lord, touch your children tonight, Father God. Clear the minds of your children right now, Father God, that they may sit at your feet, Father God, and hear your voice, Father God, and receive what it is that you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'd also like to thank Pastor Corner. He is his trust in me to be here, to stand here tonight, to talk about something that is so precious and so powerful. I thank Pastor Corner for his love. Um, I know that whenever you get up here, I know when he gets up here to, to teach and to preach, that it is not easy, that we feel very anxious. A lot of things that go through our mind, one, because a lot of work, a lot of preparation, a lot of prayer goes into when you're delivering something before God's children. Because when you receive it, you want the hearers to hear his word, to digest his word, and receive everything that God has for us each individually. And so that takes a lot of laboring of love. So I honor you tonight. I thank you. I can't do it without him. As I have researched this lesson, pulling out all of the information that I feel God is desiring for this very hour, I have designed this lesson using the Word of God, as well as some powerful teachings from Pastor Anthony Mangan, as well as Lee Stone King's teachings. His teachings are very powerful. I went to YouTube, I stalked, uh, stalked <laughs> some of uh, their teachings, but I received a whole lot from God as well as there is a, a lady named uh, Sister Cobb, I can't remember her first name, but she is very powerful. So as God has allowed me to find all the intricate details of what he is desiring to do tonight, he's allowed me to see a lot of the messages as well as going to his word and use some personal experiences that I have if he'd give me liberty to share and be transparent. But I want you to know that I didn't come up with this on my own. So these are the tools that I use to get to what we're going to hear tonight. And we've been talking about praying through the tabernacle from heaven to earth. That is so, so powerful, from heaven to earth. Have, we, have you ever wanted something so bad that you wish you could climb a ladder that could reach the heaven and heavens and be assured that God has heard your prayer? I know that I have. I used to go to my grandmother all the time because I knew that she could touch the throne of God. The reason why I went to my grandmother was because I wasn't living the life that I was supposed to live. And so I hadn't labored in God. I wasn't going to church faithfully, but I needed something from God. So I went to someone who I felt had done the labor and could reach him, could, could hear from him. And so I would ask her all the time. And so what we're going to be going through tonight is how can we get to the ear of God? How can we touch his heart with our needs, with our wants, with our desires. How do we bring heaven to earth? So I request that you listen intently tonight because there are so many different needs in this place. There are so many different levels that we're on tonight and God desires for the Holy Spirit to move and operate individually in our lives at home, but also more so in his tabernacle at all times. Have you ever been so desperate in need that you could not gather your thoughts whenever it is time to pray? 
we are going to talk about that as well. Praise the Lord. This um, table is very, I'm going to push it. That's better. So we're going to start with a brief overview of what the tabernacle is and its purpose. I'm not sure if Brother Kerry have the tabernacle picture. Um, if you don't, that's okay. But if you do, just uh, pull it up just so we can get a glimpse. Oh, praise God. I like that. Love that. Love that. Just a glimpse of what the tabernacle is. Thank you. A brief overview of what the tabernacle's purpose was. The tabernacle was a portable temple, a portable church that was built in the wilderness by the Israelites around 1450 BC after they were freed from Egyptian slavery. The tabernacle was the first resting place of the Ark of the Covenant. It served as a place of worship and sacrifice during the Israelites' 40 years in the desert while conquering the land of Canaan. Many of us know that, but here's a, a little bit of a fun fact of 40 verses uh, was dedicated to the creation of man, but as Pastor Corner had told us on last week, 400 verses was dedicated to the tabernacle as well as five books in the Bible. Can you tell me that God does not feel that this is very important and very pivotal of our lives for us to receive this? 400 verses in the Bible, that's amazing. How we approach God is just as important to him today. Last week, we went to Hebrews 8 and 5. We're going to have a lot of scripture tonight. We're going to go through them as quickly as we can because we want to get through this and allow God to do what he desires to do tonight. But we went through um, Hebrews 8 and 5, just a little bit of a recap, and we have it on the overhead. Who serve unto the example and the shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. Who would have loved to have been Moses during that time? I tell you, that's amazing. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. Praise God. We no longer need a Moses in our life to go before us for an atonement for the tabernacle to be made. So that's why we're here tonight to come together and find out how can we become the tabernacle of God? How can we enter into the holies of holies? How can we allow him to be in our presence, within our midst, so that our prayers, we know assuredly that our prayers have been answered, have been heard. We're gonna be going through that tonight, praise God. Also, let's read Exodus 25. Uh, one through eight. It is a lengthy reading, but I loved uh, when God actually gave this to me today. Exodus 25, one through eight. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart ye shall take my offering and this is an offering which ye shall take of them gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat hair and ram skins dyed red and badger skins and shittin wood oil for the light spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense onyx stones and stones to be set in ephod and in the breastplate and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. That is so powerful. When you go to God in prayer, if you just read what God's design is, what he desired, all of the different things, he said, come to me with a heart. That was one of the first things that he wanted, a willing heart. So everything that we do uh, to get God's attention has to be done with a willing heart. Just like when we come in here and it's offering time. We know that that is a very intense time when it's time for offering. And so God desires for us to come before him with a willing heart with everything that we're offering unto him. That is also a part of the tabernacle plan, that everything that we bring, he mentioned all of the different things, the brass and the silver, silver and all of those different colors, all of those things mean something to God. 
And so when you come with a willing heart, you're a willing vessel. He said, come into the house with praise and into thanksgiving. Enter into the courts with praise and thanksgiving unto him. That is the way we are to enter in. And that starts out in the parking lot. The outer court, if we were to look at it today, that would be actually out into the parking lot because he wants us to come in a, with a willing heart and the spirit of praise. And if you come any other way than that, then you're not in the plan of the tabernacle. You're not in the right direction of when you're seeking God and when you're needing him. It starts at home and when you're coming in here. If you want this place to be a place of, of worship, of anointing, of power, then that is where it starts. It starts outside the walls of the church before you come here. And so that's the first part of the tabernacle plan. Praise God. The tabernacle was more than just a place to worship while in the wilderness. Its design and layout was a shadow of the redemptive work of Jesus, as well as a pattern of salvation experience in today's church. It is imperative in our lives that we get this. It is the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. And so when a lot of us don't know how to pray, the words to pray, this is just the example of the pattern of what we need so that we're not coming with repetitive words for say, we're coming with who Jesus is who he is in our lives. We're coming with not just hallelujah, 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 thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, but that Jesus died on the cross for us. He shed his blood. He washed himself. He robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. That all of these different things is a prayer unto God, and that's what brings down and rains down the presence and the power of God. And the only way we know how to do this is when we study in his word and we get the nuggets of what he desired for us. When you're wanting something, I know all of us here, there's a need that is in this house. I know I have personal needs in my life that I need God to answer. I need a right now answer from him that I come in desperation. And there are times when I'm driving in my car and when I'm walking around in my job and in my house and I'm like, all I can think is, God, I need you to move. God, I need you to do this. God, I need this, I need this, I need. Well, that is the wrong order of what God desires. We have to go and walk through the tabernacle plan and we're about to do just that. Everyone say order. Amen, I see you're woke. There is an order to approaching the throne of God. If you fade it out on me, it is not time to do so. Don't zone out. I need you to listen and listen intently. The tabernacle plan is a death, burial, and resurrection experience. In order to rise, we must die. In order to rise, we must die. Galatians 2 and 20 we're not, we don't have to go to there, but it tells us that we must be crucified with Christ. It's no longer my will, but it is Christ in me. We have to have the Holy Ghost inside of us. It is Christ in me. Luke 9 and 23 tells us to deny our own flesh and take up the cross and follow him. Romans 6, it tells us that we were baptized into Christ Jesus. The first offering must be a willing heart offering, which we read in, 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 in um, Exodus 25, 1 through 8. So if you're not willing to do the first step, and that's to die, it will be impossible to get to the holies of holies. And in order for us to get to the holies of holies, that's where the atonement was made. That's where the requests were made known unto God. And if we miss any step in the process, in his word it says we die. So that means that we have to get the plan. We have to get our hearts and our minds and our flesh under submission unto God as we walk through the process. There's a process to getting to God. There is an order. And a lot of times I'm guilty of it myself, I go to God first asking, God, I thank you. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what, what you're doing in my life, but God, I need this. That's out of order. 
that's not the order. One, because I have not baptized my mind. I have not washed my mind in prayer. I have not washed and, and submitted my flesh and allowed the consuming fire of God to burn every detail of my mind, all of the sin that I've allowed to take in, the sin of my eyes, the sin of my ears, the sin of my mouth, all of those different things. I've not allowed God to, to consume me. And you say, well, Sister Thompson, you're, you're in church every week. On Wednesdays, you're here, you're faithful. On Sunday, you're here, you're faithful. But I'm flesh. I have a mind. I have eyes. I have to live in this world. I have envy. I have jealousy. I have anger. I have bitterness. I have frustration. All of those different things have to be burnt at the altar, have to be consumed. And if you're not in the order, you have to go back. Sometimes we wonder why we feel like God does not hear us, that we're, we're, we're praying. Or we're like, God, I don't think that you're hearing me. I don't, I don't feel like my prayers are getting to you. You needed to go through all the levels of heaven. And there's a battle that's in the atmosphere. And within that battle is your flesh. Just as we talked about on last week, when you first go through the gates and when you're at the brazen altar, that flesh don't want to die. It's not going to go willingly. Why? One, because it takes our time. And who has time? Everybody's busy. I have to do this. I have to do that. I'm running here. I'm running there. But the minute a crisis comes into your life, all of a sudden time stands still. All of a sudden you have time for God. All of a sudden you're reading his word or you're looking up scriptures and saying, God, I need you to move. I need you to do a work. You, you, you're searching and seeking his attention. But before that, when everything is all is well, you're tiring yourself out. I'm, I'm guilty. And that's why I'm being transparent. I'm guilty of doing that. God wants us to pray without ceasing. We're to pray daily. We're to have him on our minds daily. We're, this flesh needs to be burnt all day, all the time, from the moment you open up your eyes, God, take over my mind. Because when we're in the illusions of our dreams, God, whatever it was that I dreamed of, I didn't have control over that, but God, I need you to, to take it. I need you to place my mind and, and my thoughts where they need to be to set the day. Give him the 10% of the 24 hours at a minimum so that he can do a work and use you in your life. Praise the Lord. The brazen altar is where the battle begins. Even the animals to sacrifice in the tabernacle fought as they entered the gate. Why? Because they smelt the flesh. And we're doing a, a little recap on last week, but I need to do this to get to where we're going. They, they smelt that flesh. And that flesh was a stench. That flesh was ugly. That flesh was, was not, not something that you would enjoy. And so that's what happens when we wonder why our minds are so caught up and, and our thoughts are racing back and forth and not able to, to take those thoughts into captivity. That's why, because we haven't burnt out the impurities. We haven't allowed the consuming fire to burn out the things so that we can hear and get into the presence of God. I'm here to tell you tonight with so much sincerity. You have to burn at the altar before you can get into the presence of God. If you have not asked him to humble you, if you have not asked him to remove pride, if there's anger and bitterness and frustration and mood swings and all of those different things, if your mind is racing back and forth, those things have to be burnt at the altar. They have to be consumed. Praise the Lord. Pray, give God glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and I'm, off, I'm off some of my notes. So some of this may be repeated. I'm just being transparent. We have to burn those things at the altar. We wonder why we're not getting what we need. We wonder why when we come in here and we leave the tabernacle, why we're leaving the same way we came. 
if you're the same person you were last year at this time, you're in stagnation and you're not going through the tabernacle plan. You're not going through the prayer that God has designed for you. And so if that is, if that is so, then listen intently and ask God right now. You don't have to say it loudly, but in your mind, God, I need this tonight. God, I desire a change because those little demonic spirits are around me and they're absolutely keeping me enchained and I desire to be broken free because God is our creator. He is the one that created us. He, he created this world. So that means that we can ask of anything that we want and we shall have it. He is the one. So we need to get this tonight. Praise the Lord. So we must die daily. We must get rid of the impurities. The devil don't want you to get this tonight. Why does he not want us to get the tabernacle experience? Why? Because it represents Jesus in all of his glory. The altar. Jesus was the first altar. He was the high priest. He is the sacrifice on the altar. So if he went through it, what do you expect for us? We must go through it. The brazen laver. He is the washing. He washed his hands and his feet, and that's what he desires for us to do. He desires for us to be washed clean, to be baptized in his name so that we can carry his name, so that we can have his authority, the authority of him being our father. The showbread, he is the bread of life. He wants us to eat of his word. This is the bread. This is the manna that he had for us tonight. Don't come after hard days of work and the, the, the things that it took to get here to not eat of his word tonight and what he desires to grasp on tonight. And the candlestick of what we're going to be going through later as the weeks roll on. He is the light of the world. He wants us to be a light, a beacon. He wants to be the light in our lives. And that is why the devil do not want us to get or grasp the tabernacle experience. The tabernacle is the cross of Jesus in all of its intricate details. God's house was called a house of prayer. Let's make this the house of prayer, the tabernacle. When we come into this place, when we enter into these doors or the doors of our homes, we need to have a prayer closet. We must first burn the flesh. We must present our flesh before God and ask for him to burn away the sins of our minds, the filth in our hearts, the jealousy, the bitterness, the gossip, and all of those different things that we mentioned. Every time we come into this place, we need to make our way to the altar and begin to repent. Every time we need to take a stop. I know we have a lot going on on Sunday mornings, but I know the teachers, they, they gather together and they pray, and I thank God for that. And I know that a lot of the leaders, they come in and they also pray as well. But us as laborers, we need to always make our way. And, and Mother Bassett, thank you. Every time she comes in here, she kneels at her seat and she gives God honor. That is the consuming fire that, God, I'm here for you. I need order in my life. I need you to take over my mind. I need you to be able to speak and get through the trials between my brain and my ears. I need for you to get into very, in the very uh, pits of my soul. I need for you to move today because I don't know what tomorrow will bring. But with you, I know that everything will be all right. Praise the Lord. The brazen lever was a water baptism. It represented water baptism in Jesus' name. This is the second step of the process. This is where you start to engage the presence of God. God already knows your sinful nature. He already knows the things that you're, you're dealing with, what you're, what you're battling with. And so when you're there getting your sins washed away, the consuming fire that, that, that burns up all the impurities. And I'm not saying that there are things that are just major. I'm just saying the things that maybe we were just a little bit lazy on, on last week. Maybe we, we weren't thinking about God at all. We were being selfish. Selfishness is one as well. Because God don't want anything to stand in the way of him. He must be first in all things. And so after that, we begin to wash and then God begins to, 
to, to, we begin to get his attention. Because now he's saying that, okay, now I can look at you. Because right here, when you're in your sinful nature, you don't want God's presence to come before you. <laughs> because then judgment may come with it. So before you go to bed at night and when you step out of bed in the morning, you better make sure that everything that is within you is pure. I know that we have difficulties with our flesh a lot of times. But we need to ask God, God, if there's anything in me that's not like you, if there's anything that is standing in the way, God, I need for you to remove it. I need for you to, to, to take, the, take root over my mind and my heart, God, before I plant my feet, before I walk, God, anoint my feet, anoint my hands, anoint my mind, God. I plead your blood over my thoughts, over my very soul, so that when I begin to walk, step by step, God, that you will be there with me, walking with me, so that every demon that I face, every obstacle that comes my way, I will be able to say in Jesus' name, with confidence, it will move. With confidence. That is what God desires in this church. That's what God desires in your individual life. He desires confidence. He does not desire vain repetitions. Coming here Sunday after Sunday. I've been coming here nine, ten years. Doing the same things. Saying the same things. And sometimes we even, I'm, I'm sorry, we hide behind speaking in tongues when we're praying. We hide behind that. But when, you get, when God gets a hold of you, I'm telling you, there's nothing that will stop the power and the anointing of God moving in your life. Praise God. I, I give him glory today. I thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so worthy, God. Hallelujah. Lord, I glorify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He wants the power and the anointing to be here. This is where the holies of holies shall rest at all times. The, the fire should never go out. When I come here during the week, sometimes I go and set up in the, in, the, in the young adult regeneration classroom. I'll come through here and I'll say, thank you, Jesus. God, I praise you. I glorify you because I feel like I can't walk through here without giving God glory. Because the fire is always here. It's always present. Although when I leave and wherever I go, you carry it with you because the Holy Ghost is inside of you. And you carry it with you. But can you allow it to be dormant? Yes, you can allow it to be dormant, to be stagnant, because we can be selfish and begin to think of all the things that I want, all the things that I want to do. We can allow vanity and all those things to begin to take over. But the day and the hour is not the time to do that. The hour is coming. We're living revelations. There's a lot of things that are going on. Wrong is right and right is wrong. We know all the things that's going on. It is true in the word. We should be glorifying God and thanking him and praising him because his word is alive. We're seeing everything come to pass that's in his word. That means we're getting close. The time is drawing nigh. We'd like to step up, wake up one day and be caught up with him. That day and that hour is coming. So we want to grab hold of the tabernacle experience. Yes, we have to live in this world every day. But we also have to have our flesh to be consumed on a daily basis. And then we have to begin to wash. In Exodus 30, 17 through 21, and it reads, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt also make a laver of brass, and his foot also of brass, to wash withal. And thou shalt put water therein. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet thereat. When they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water, that they die not. And when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn offerings made by fire unto the Lord. That scripture alone will preach all day long. There's so much in that. It, it is so amazing that God is saying that if you don't wash, you'll die. So you don't want to be seeking God and trying to get into the holies of holies if you have not washed, if you've not had your sins consumed. You've got to go through the order of the process. 
if you don't go through the order of the process and before you lay hands on anybody, you want to make sure that you go through the order of the process. Praise God, because you want God's power. You want his anointing, not you. You want God to do it. And when God does it, sometimes it feels a little bit uneasy because that means that your flesh is being moved out of the way. So if it feels a little bit uneasy, that means it's right. Step in and let God take over and do a work in your life through you. So we must wash. Praise the Lord. So they shall wash their hands and their feet that they, may, that they die not and it shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his seed throughout their generations. That's us. That's us. If you believe in the word of God, believe in every detail to every comma and every period. That is us. We sit here today, and we're the ones that are supposed to experience the tabernacle experience. Each priest had to perform before they did their priestly duties. He had to wash his hands, which presents service, which represents a service. He had to wash his feet, which represents, I say, the ministry of him walking forward. So we have to wash our hands. We have to wash our feet. We have to be baptized in his name so that we can receive the authority to say in Jesus' name through the power and the authority of Jesus Christ that is within me, I command this and that to flee in Jesus' name and it shall happen. You shall walk away and know that it is done. That's how easy it is. If you're battling with something, you begin to pray over your mind. If you're dealing with something of sickness or illness, you begin to pray over your body. But you don't do it without going down first and saying, God, I have to submit my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. I have to burn the impurities in my body and now wash my mind. Wash this flesh. Wash the impurities. Wash my hand, my mouth, my mind, all of those different things so that I may come into your presence and ask what I may. We don't even allow our children to come to us and say, give me this and give me that. There is an order. There is an order. And God commands that. If they do that, what do you do? You cast judgment, don't you? You don't come into my presence like that. You don't ask me like that. Get out the way. Go to your room. What do you think God will do when we are out of order? Praise God. We can't go in his name when we're out of order. There is an order, and this is the day and the hour to make sure you're in order. Tomorrow's not promised. We don't know what devastations and crises are happening, what's going to happen on tomorrow. So that means that we have to take it seriously. We have to get into his word and say, God, I need you to write every word upon my heart. I need for you, God, to allow the words that come out of me, everything that is in me come out, but I need for you to come in me. Use me, bless me, all of those different things we must do. Praise God. There's so much hurt. There's so much pain. There's so much frustration. There's so many things that are just, I'm naming things that I see in the spirit that's here. That's right here in this room. And all of those different things can be let go. All those things you can be free of. You can rest at night. You won't have to feel the frustration. You can communicate with one another without the enemy twisting words and causing flesh to get in the way. Praise God, because that is part of the five-fold ministry. And that's what we desire to do. But a lot of times when we're praying unto God, because we're talking about praying through the tabernacle, when we're praying to God, when we come in here, we hide behind hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're worthy. God, you're holy. God, you're worthy. He knows all of those things that he is. He's saying, yes, 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 yes. But God, you're almighty. 
God, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. I thank you that you died for my bitterness and my jealousy. I thank you, God, that you took over the things in my mind. I thank you, God, that you are healing my marriage. I thank you, God, that you are coming into covenant with me, that I shall be able to walk forth in your name and command mountains to move. That's when you enter into prayer. That's when you enter into the holies of holies. That's hallelujah. I see the power of God on you, mother. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's when the angels begin to come in and rest. That's when they usher and they begin to take charge of all the things that you're saying that you're giving them charge to do. I need a job, God. You own it all, Lord. Find that job. Give me something that I'm just going to be astounded over that I don't even have the ability to do, that you are the one that's going to allow me to do it. Hallelujah. That's how powerful God is. But when we come in here, that's why a lot of times when we're walking through the tabernacle process and we skip parts of it, when we leave, I mean, we, we do a lot of calisthenics. <laughs> we do a lot of, do a lot of exercise and, and we sweat. All of those different things, and we say hallelujah, holy, holy, all of those different things. And when we leave and we get in the car and it's gone, it's gone. We don't want that. We need to move the flesh of embarrassment out of the way when we come in here and when we walk these aisles and we begin to pray. We begin because prayer is a ministry. Prayer is a ministry. And when we begin to pray and we submit ourselves before God, I'm not saying that we are to say it out loud, all the things that we've done. I'm not saying that. But if God has freed your mind or you need a mind freeing, God, free my mind in the name of Jesus. That, Father God, that your word will rest on my mind. That every intricate detail in your word that tells Satan to get out the way, all the scriptures will be called to existence in the name of Jesus. That it shall go before me and do what it is set out to do because your word lives. Your word shall not die. It will accomplish all that it is designed to do down to every desire that is within your will that I am in need of. Those are the things that God wants to hear. Those are the things that when you come into his presence, God, let this be a hospital. Let this be a place where people come into this place and they feel your anointing. They feel your power and your presence upon them that before they move, they feel the convicting power to go down to the altar and be consumed by you. That their minds will not rest until they grab a hold of you. That they are thirsty for your word, that they read it daily and it is on their hearts. Praise God. That's the way they should feel. Not just with the shaking of a hand or a hug, but with God giving that convicting power for them to do right, for them to desire to be right, to think right. So we need to move from being embarrassed of coming down to the altar and allowing God to consume every bit of flesh that reigns in here. Because that's the first step. And then when we worship and praise, when the praise team go forward, whether the music or the sound is right or not, you worship into holies of holies. You say, God, wash me. God, I'm singing praises unto you. You don't even have to think of the words to say because they're singing it. God, we worship and adore you. We appreciate you, God. Thank you for going to battle for us. All of the different songs that they sing, it brings forth his praises and it ushers in the angels. And then the tongues and interpretations and the spirit begins to move and minister. It begins to minister to every single person's need. Praise God. I'm, I'm off my notes and, and forgive me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yes.
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Yes, yes. Praise God. Give God glory. God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for your glory. We thank you, God, that this is a house, Father God, where you can dwell in, Father God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we need that testimonies of what God is doing in our lives. There are so many testimonies here because what testimonies do is they bring forth the power of God into existence. It causes and creates such a a, a, a belief and an increase of faith among your brothers and your sisters so that they can also believe by faith. We thank God for that. A lot of us are sitting on testimonies of healing, testimonies of deliverance, testimonies of, of being set free financially, all of those different things. We should come into his presence with thanks giving unto him. And that is mentioning all of the different things that God is doing in our lives. Praise God. Second Peter 2, 1 through 5 tells us, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privy shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. I don't have that. This is a scripture that I have. Praise God. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, which means nastiness, and all guilt, guilt, slyness, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so, be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and, and precious. Ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Everything about the tabernacle is a sacrifice. I had 2 Peter 2, 1 through 5. 1 Peter, 1 Peter 2, 1 through 5. So write that down. That is a powerful, powerful scripture. Praise God. So what does this mean? I am a priest. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I am a priest. I am a priest. God desires to dwell within you and among you. He desires to use you. And so that makes you a priest. When you have decided to live for him, that has given you the ordained authority through him after going through all of the critical steps in receiving his spirit and being baptized in his name to be called a priest. We are to minister to one another. We are to not just get full on his word and leave it to ourselves. We are to digest it and we are to give it back so that we can be refilled. And it goes on and on in that cycle. Praise God. If you do not go to the laver of water, you will not be useful to the kingdom of God. The laver is to clean and transform. But that would be difficult to do if you still have old flesh attached to you. If there are things that you are still battling with every day, week after week, that means that there may need to be some fasting, some praying, some denying yourself, and asking God to speak to you directly. I am a living witness. I testify to you tonight. God will speak to you directly and answer exactly what it is that you're asking for, what you're requesting. It may not come in the form of what you're wanting to hear, but he will answer you. 
And so when flesh is in the way, I'm here to tell you, your flesh will twist and turn every anointed word that comes into your life. And if you find yourself continually walking in the path of your flesh, that means that you have not stopped and allowed God to consume the things that you're battling with. So we may have to step back, take a break and say, God, I need for you to consume the vanity of my life. I need for you to consume this flesh. I need for you to consume this envy, this jealousy, this bitterness, this fear, this depression, all of those things that are not of God. Praise God. The major part about the brazen altar is that you can't die for someone else. (laughs) You can't die for Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can die for someone else because he died for you and for me. So when you go to wash, praise God, we give God glory. Hallelujah. God, we thank you now. Hallelujah. He is the only one that can die for anybody. So when you go to that brazen labor to wash, to get clean, you have to go on your own behalf. Your children have to go on their own accord. When they come to the knowledge and the understanding of who he is, they have to go on their own. They have to die to the flesh. You can't die for their flesh. You can request and you can ask. For them to be willing to let God come in, God has to be invited and accepted so you can ask for those prayers. And when you're in the holies of holies, if the men of God, if the priests were allowed to to go before all the tribes and and have the atonement of, of, of sins rolled away, then that means that if we enter into the holies of holies, we can ask God everything that we're needing on the behalf of our loved ones. But here at the altar, when we're being consumed, that's intimacy between you and God. When we're going to the brazen labor, that's intimacy between you and God. And only after those steps are you able to go before God and begin to ask on behalf of someone else, God, I need for you to do this or that. When people call you up and say, I need you to pray for me, then you need to take it seriously and go through the order. Praise God. The labor was made up of mirrored brass. The closer you get to the glory of God in the tabernacle, the more valuable the objects get. The more precious they get. The closer you get to God, just as your children come to you, the closer they get to you, you know how that makes you feel. You know how if you're not, not don't have children, but the closer you're, you're, you and your spouse are, how beautiful that feeling is, the closer you get to the holies of holies. You feel like God, like the day you got baptized. You're like, God, take me now. (laughs) Why? Because you feel so clean. You feel so pure and so holy. And you're just ready for God to just take you now. You don't want to deal with the battle of the world and the flesh because it, it lives here. That's what this world is designed to do. That's what it was created for. We have to go to God willingly, with willing hearts. Praise God. When the priests walked up to the laver, they could see their own reflection in the mirror. And these mirrors, they were um, offered up from the women. They wanted to be a part. They wanted to do something in the tabernacle. So they offered up their vanity. They sacrificed And I believe that anything that you sacrifice to God, he will honor that because it has to be your best. It has to be your first. It has to be something that when God says, do it, give it, give it then. Do it now. It has to be the first. That is so pivotably, if that's a word, important. You have to do it and you have to move. You have to respond because any second thought, any second guess, it is not valuable to God. It's not usable. So give it up when he asks for it. Give him the first of everything. Give him the first of your increase. Give him the first of your offering. 
your tithing. And I guarantee you, I'm speaking from the power and the authority of the word. When you give of your tithes and your offerings, you will not live in lack. You will not live in lack. God designed his children to be blessed so we can be a blessing. And that's why when it is time to offer up unto God, when it's time to offer up prayers, then we need to be in here passionately on fire praying for God. When it is time for worship, we need to be washed in his worship and his praise and basking. We receive such a covering among this place and that covering that covering, that cloud, and Pastor Corner may go over this next week, but that cloud, that covering, what it does is it covers you in his anointing. It places you within his bosom. And when the enemy begins to fire darts at you, guess what? God's angels are standing before you, breaking every dart that is headed your way. Praise God. Praise God. You don't even see the darts because you are stuck in the, in the heaven and the haze and the, and, the, and the angels and everything that is surrounding you. Praise God. The glory of God comes into this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we, I, got to, I got to keep going because I got five minutes. Praise God. If you fail to wash and proceed to walk forward, you die. Those priests died. Praise God. What about today? If you proceed to walk forward without either one of these steps... You're spiritually dead already. And you need an awakening. You need for God to quicken your spirit. And you need for him to wake you up in any way before he comes for judgment. It is just that important because God is going to come and judge each one of us right where we are. There's no turning around. There's no saying, well, mama, there's no saying, well, I need to wait. I meant to. Judgment comes right then. Praise God. What happens when we pray through the tabernacle? It gives you a discernment. It gives you a reverent fear of God in your life. It causes you to reverence him. What comes in you, what comes out of you is in you. Praise God. What comes out of you is in you. So that means on your day-to-day -day walk, on your daily life, if ugliness and bitterness and all of those things come out of you, that is a quick indication of where you are in God. Praise God. <laughs> That's your check mark. That lets you know right there when someone cuts you off, what is in you comes out of you. Praise God. So <laughs> I am guilty. I am guilty. And I stand before God for him to consume me at the altar on a daily basis. That's why it's important because we want to be used by God. We want his anointing to flow. Praise God. This is the last part that we're getting to. Prayer through the colors in the tabernacle. Praise God. All of those different colors. And I know we may get through uh, this as we go through the weeks. But I thought this was so, so powerful. There's colors that are represented here. And this is a process of praying through the tabernacle. The color purple is represented there as royalty. Because royalty means kingdom. King. That God is our king. He is our head. So whenever I go before God, I'm thinking of the color purple and I'm saying the king owns it all. Who is he king over? He's king over my children. He's king over my job. He's king over everything that I face every day. He's king when I sleep. He's king when I wake up. Praise God. In Psalms uh, 104, it says, enter his courts uh, with thanksgiving and enter his, his gates with praise. And we are to praise him. And that is the first step. That is part of the four gospels. Uh, the, the gates of the tab, the, the gate of the tabernacle, which was one way in, and we had to enter through that gate. There are four boards, and those four boards represent the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The color purple represents the royalty, and that's in Matthew. And you can read 
how we are to enter into the tabernacle. And we mentioned before that starts out in the parking lot. Scarlet is one of the other colors represented in the tabernacle, and that represents the gospel of Mark. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. For as much as ye know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain uh, conservation received by tradition from your father. Jesus died, he shed his blood, and he bought you back. Praise God. Those are the things that you begin to pray for. So the first is, God, you are king. God, you are Lord. God, I thank you that you died for me, that you shed your blood for me. So because God knows that he is holy, holy, holy. He knows that hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. But when I'm praying through the tabernacle, I am giving God back the admiration that he so deserves, him as king, him being Abba, Father, that I am going to him as his daughter of Zion, and I am giving him back his living word. So I'm praying through the anointing and the purple, the royalty color, because that is what he is placing on me, the garment of royalty, going into his blood that covers me, that it is shed, that was shed for me, that he died. For me, So then those are the things that we begin to pray through the tabernacle. And as you pray those things, the anointing begins to come and it falls on you. And then the holies of holies are getting ready to be ushered in. The angels begin to stand guard and march because they are going to go as you begin to pray. The orders are going to be given to them to say, I need for you to go and be watch over my son. I need for you to go before my child, before the, the court system. I need for you to go before me at, at my job and give me favor. And those marching angels will go. But when you stand out of order, do you realize that even the devil has children? And that they, those little demons, they will take every bit of your bitterness, your anger, your flesh, all of those different things, and they'll have marching orders too. So you want to pray in the spirit of God and let it take over. Going to the third color that is represented in the tabernacle, and that is the gospel of Luke, and that is white. Praise God. We can see that in Luke 1 and 35. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One... To, to be born will be called the son of God. Clothing of honor for righteousness. You put on the white robe, the holiness of God. And so that's when you go between the cherubims and you, you're saying, God, you're holy. You begin to commune with him. You begin to talk with him. You are now able to be seen of him because he's not going to look upon flesh. He's not going to look upon sin. And you won't be able to approach him before that time. Praise God. That's when you say, God, I thank you for removing my sins. I praise you for it because you are holy. And when God is holy and you put on holiness, then you are holy unto God. The last color, and we're going to finish with this, is blue. And that is the, in the Gospel of John. And we go to Revelations 4 and 8. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come. Make me holy for you are holy, God. That's when you have entered into the tabernacle experience and the holies of holies come down and it begins to take over and you're not praying in vain repetitions, but you are praying in adoration to God in the spirit and it takes you up and it consumes you and it doesn't matter who's around you. You're not in the flesh of, of, of feeling embarrassed of what God is doing in your life. You're coming to this altar and you are saying, God, I need something from you because my life is not where it should be. Praise God. Hallelujah. The tabernacle experience is powerful. And when we as a church body get through it together, when we get a hold of it, we will allow on every single service, even Wednesday nights, we will allow the spirit of 
God to come in and those angels will run over to Rosie's house and say, you are healed in Jesus' name. It will cause those who are, 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 are separated, it will cause them to be reconnected with the body of Christ. We are family. And we should not be embarrassed nor ashamed to come into the presence of God. We need to submit ourselves as a sacrifice on the altar of God so that he can take over. Hallelujah. And I close tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your word. God, we pray that every word that fell on tonight will move in everybody's life. Father God, that this will be seeds that will be planted, that will do a work, Father God, unto your kingdom in the name of Jesus. We command the devil to flee in the name of Jesus, that he will not come in and take over the minds and the seeds that were planted tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.